And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr, and suits so fine they made Sinatra look like a hobo. Is this your place, Carl? Yeah, what do you think? Really? It's really awful. But I have a lot of things that are on order. You know, credit trouble. Pay more attention to your schoolwork and listen to the radio. You always listen to the radio. It's different. Our lives are ruined already. Eagle Whistler. This tape will self-destruct in five seconds. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents... All things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the adept Lisa Wolf. In this hour, it's an espionage adventure on David Harding, Counterspy, from 1950. But first, Lisa Wolf Dylan is our lyricist for Learning the Lyrics. Lisa will read popular song lyrics. I'll try to guess the name of the songs while you play along at home. Right, Lisa? That's right, Carl. And I've chosen songs about cars. Any come to your brain so far? Yeah. Like what? I'm your vehicle, baby. I'll take you anywhere you want to go. That would be a good suggestion, but I definitely did not choose that one. Oh, man. I have no idea what you're saying. That's by the Ides of March. Okay, I have no idea what you're saying. Your vehicle, baby. Yeah, sounds vaguely familiar. So, of course, the songs... I got candy, money, I'm a lovable man, and I will take you to the nearest star. I'm your vehicle, baby. Well, obviously, the songs I chose have been great songs. So, Hoping to get uh, a record these contract will be three out more of this songs. Really? show. Yeah, I mean... Well, it is your birthday. Actually, your birthday's over. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, so sorry. Oh, We've moved on. Geez. So, let's start with the first song. Okay. okay? Yes. Song is about cars. All right. Well, now you may think I'm foolish. Now you may think I'm foolish. For the foolish, foolish things, things I, I do. do. You may it's wonder bon- how come I love, love you. you when you get on my nerves, nerves like, like you, you do. do. Well, baby, you know you bug me. There ain't, ain't no, no secret about, about that. that. Well, come on over come here. Come on over hug here me. and hug me. Baby, I'll spill the facts. Baby, I'll spill the facts. Well, honey, it ain't your money. It ain't your money. Because, baby, I got, got, got plenty, plenty of, of that. that. Pink Cadillac. Bruce Springsteen. Guessing you appreciate that song. <laughs> I wrote it. Oh my gosh. Well, what if, if you were ever going to get a recording contract, this would do it for you. Okay. So Sounds great good. job. All right. All right. Yeah. All right. One out of one. One out of one. Okay. 
Um, I guess I should have known. I guess I should have known. By the way you parked your car I I known sideways you... mm-hmm. that it wouldn't last. Mm-hmm. So you're the kind of person that believes in making out once. Love them and leave them fast. Ooh. Yes, right? I guess I must be dumb because you had a pocket full of horses. Trojan and oh, some of them used. full of horse. Trojan, some of them. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. But it was Saturday night. Uh, I guess that Saturday makes it all right. That makes it all right. And you say, what have I got to lose? What have I got to lose? You know this song, Carl. Oh, yeah. I definitely know this song. That's the crux of it there. And then um, it goes on to the chorus. Give me a little bit more. And honey, I say, and then it's the, it's the title. Uh, give it to me a little bit more. Well, I can't. Come That's on, all yeah. I can give you. Well, well, then do it again. Listen. All right. I guess I should have known by the way you parked your car. Guess I should have known by the way you parked your car, car sideways, <sighs> sideways that it wouldn't last. Uh-huh. So you're the kind of person <sighs> that believes in making out once. Love them and leave them fast. Uh, love them and leave them fast. I yeah. guess I must be dumb because you had I a must pocket full of horses. Oh, this is Prince. Yes. Okay, yeah. Trojan and some of them used. But it was Saturday night. But it was Saturday night. I guess that makes it all right. right. And you say, hun, it's just you say, what have I got to lose? And honey, I say. Yeah. There it is. That's it. That's all. That's all Um, you get. And honey, I say. Boom. Baby, you're much too fast. Um. Something little, I think. Little red Cadillac? Something like that? <laughs> You're so close. Little red. Little red Corvette. <laughs> little red Corvette. <laughs> little red Corvette. Fantastic. Prince is the best, man. He's great. Love Prince. Love this song. Leave him fast. Guess I must be done. All right, so I got two. You got right. two. Am I going to run away with the category? What do you gonna, think, Mike? Am I getting this next one? Mike, what, do you, what say you? I, I don't know. I don't know, actually. Mm. Um, this one's tough because the, the title is all throughout the text, so okay. it's going to be difficult to sing Must it for you. Must be vehicle. But I'll vehicle, do my, but definitely not vehicle. Take so, you anywhere you want to go. I think go. you're going to get this one. So are you ready? All Cleanse right. your palate. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just can't wait to get the life I love is making music with my friends. And I can't wait to get going places that I've never been, seeing things that I may never see again. And I can't wait to get, there's the title. Mm. Like a band of gypsies, we go down the highway. We're the best of friends, insisting that the world keep turning our way. And our way is 
I just can't wait to get on the train. The life I, it's about cars. <laughs> the life I love is making music with my friends, and I can't wait to get what. Oh, that's it. That's the title. This is not a good one. It too. is a good shouldn't one. Shouldn't have used this one. I should have used this one. No. Why not? Because I mean, it says the thing too many times, and you can't. I can't get into a rhythm. <laughs> Listen, to, just can't wait to get. Just can't wait to, to get, get like um, Ford. <laughs> Right. Just the can't life, wait to get listen, the Toyota. Life, the life I love is making music with my friends. Ferrari. And I can't wait to get Ferrari. Okay, let's just play it. <laughs> on the road again. Just can't wait to get on the road again. That's the title. On the road on the again. Road. It's supposed to have my a car. This is it. about cars. It's no, songs about cars. But what if he's on a train or he's a not. plane or something like that? Uh, what? On the plane? Oh, it's on the road again. Planes go on the road. Carl, this is about a car. It's songs about cars. I would have never gotten this song. I can't wait to get on the road again. See my hesitancy there? <laughs> on the road again? This is not a car. Yes, it is. He could be walking. He could be riding a motorcycle. It's, it's not about a car. It's about a car. No, it's not. It is about a car. Mike, is this about a car? No comment. See? It's not about a it's car. It's about a car. No, it's not. Okay, well. He could be in a trailer uh, truck. He could be. Truck? He could be in a trailer. Okay. He could be in a you know truck. What? He could I be will, on a motorcycle. This is what I'm going to do for you. Right? During the radio show, I will, I will research... The background of the song "On the I Road think, Again" I think by I Willie got Nelson. Gypped. I think I got chipped. Okay, I'm going to research it for you, I don't and I will think give this you is that. about cars. Okay, well, I will let you know because I'm pretty sure that like it to, is. I would like to see what our listeners think. Okay, I'm going to research it for you, and I will give you that information. I thank you. At our uh, first this break. is stinky one. No, this it's is not a stinky, stinky one. It's not about cars. It's about cars. It's about being a car. on the road. It doesn't mean it's a car. All right, well, song. I just told you I will research it for you. All right. And I will come back with the proper On information. The road again. He could be in a trailer truck. It's not. It's about a car. All right. All right, Lisa. Okay, two out of three. Two, okay. two were good. The other the other one, no. Okay. Here, what is the meaning of on the road again? Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a little more information right, at the well, next break. All right. David Harding, Counter Spy, coming your way. Stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-494-8310. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-494-8310. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-494-8310. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. 
And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. David Harding's counter spy espionage drama ran from 1942 all the way to 1957. That's a long run. Don McLaughlin played David Harding, chief of the United States Counter Spies, a uh, unit engaged during World War II in counterintelligence against Japan and Germany. Uh, These were obviously fictionalized uh, stories, but very good series. And uh, Don McLaughlin was great in this. There were two Columbia films about David Harding, Counter Spy, in 1950. And uh, but it never did transition to television. It was strictly a radio and it made a couple of films. This is an episode called The Mile High Murders. This is from April 11th, 1950, starring Don McLaughlin. Here's David Harding, Counter Spy. Pepsi Cola, P E P S I. That's your smartest cola buy. Pepsi Cola presents Counter Spy. Washington calling David Harding, counter spy. Washington calling David Harding, counter spy. Harding, counter spy, calling Washington. The Case of the Mile High Murders, a thrilling counter-spy report to the American people. Brought to you each Tuesday and Thursday by delicious Pepsi-Cola. And now, another report to the American people. In your family's interest, listen to these findings, recently released by the United States Testing Company, Incorporated. After thorough and impartial tests, Pepsi-Cola proved of highest purity. Pepsi-Cola has more quick food energy and value, ounce for ounce, than any other leading nationally known cola. Yes, tested, compared against all other leading nationally known cola drinks, Pepsi-Cola won out. You get the best, and twice as much, in delicious Pepsi-Cola. And now, to Counter Spy. George Abel Nan. Come in, M5. Come in. Important emergency instructions. Repeat emergency. I'm sending boat out to rendezvous point 17, William Richard, which you will pass over in a few minutes. At point 17, William Richard, you will bail out of plane. M5? What about the merchandise? Disregard merchandise. Now look, M5, I can't do a thing like that. After all, the cargo... Cargo must be sacrificed to preserve safety of all concerned. But maybe we can work it out another way. I don't want to have anything to do with... This is in order. And final. Switch to automatic pilot for gradual dive and bail out. Did you hear me, Easy George? 
Switching to automatic pilot for gradual dive. That's better. For bailout M5, this is Easy George Abel Nan signing off. Quiet down. Quiet down. I've got bad news for you. I can't smuggle you into the States. Now, you do just as I say, or I'll have to use this gun. All eight of you, move back in the ship. Back to the tail. That's it, right there. Now, stay right there until I pull this lever. Parachuting out the bomb bay. Please, please, have mercy. Sorry, honest, but I can't help you. We do not have to be afraid to die, my friends. But if we were as wicked as these men, we should be afraid to leave. I said I was sorry. That's all I can say. He jumped out of the plane. We will be killed. We will all die. We must pray. Please pray. Ave Maria, gracia plena. Dominus tecum. Benedictus tuim. Those birds of yours quiet, especially that stinking vulture. Since your return to Cuba from your aborted mission, you've not been yourself, Egan. Those birds screeching that way make me think of those poor refugees in the plane, pleading for their lives. Rosa. See you, senor Egan. Give me another drink. See you, senor. And hurry up, you fat sow. Egan is anxious to drown his conscience in my best wine. Uh, it's easy for you to talk, Gregor, sitting here in your patio and listening to your crazy birds. You didn't have to dump eight helpless people into the ocean. Sure, you can sleep at night. Here is your drink, Senor Egan. Oh, thanks, Rosa. Egan, in our business, sometimes drastic steps are necessary for self-preservation. Talk is cheap. You didn't see their faces. Perhaps, but I see the logic in disposing of them. If you had landed at the field in Florida with that shipment of aliens, you would have been picked up by the police. Would you have preferred that? Of course you would. All right, all right. But how did the police know about the trip? Someone dropped a hint to them. Tell him, Ross. At El Montero Cafe, I was told the flight was spotty. Was anything said about me, Rosa? No, senor. By the way, Egan. Yes? Rosa also heard something else at El Montero Cafe. Something about you. Rosa. I heard, Senor Egan, that when you had delivered some of Senor Gregor's clients safely to the United States, you took money from them. Blackmail money. That, that's a rotten lie. Of course, it's only a rumor. I don't care what it is, it's still a lie. It had better be, Egan. For your sake. You can't frighten me, Gregor, because I've got nothing to hide. I've always been on the up and up with you. Very well, Egan. Now, let's get back to business. We will continue our weekly passenger run from Cuba to Florida. How can we? The cops are on to us. We will no longer use a large plane. Temporarily, we will reduce our activities by using the small five-passenger planes. And from now on, you will land 
We will not land at our isolated field in Florida. Instead, we will avail ourselves of desolate stretches of beach along the coast. Nothing's going to stand in the way of your making a fortune. Not even my neck, huh, Gregor? Nothing, Egan. And least of all, your neck. Operator, this is Captain Kincaid of the Miami Office Immigration Service. I want to put in a person-to-person call to Mr. David Harding, Chief of the Counter-Spies in Washington. Hello, Captain Kincaid. This is Harding. Oh, Mr. Harding. On that matter we discussed last week when I was in Washington, an emergency has arisen. We'd appreciate having counter-spy cooperation in this case now. Anything at all, Captain. Can you assign one of your Miami agents? Better than that, Captain. I'm going to give this case my personal supervision. My assistant, Harry Peters, and I will leave immediately for Miami by jet plane. Well, Mr. Harding, this is the obsolete light army bomber I had flown over here to the Miami City Airport to illustrate my theory. Peters and I are very anxious to hear it. Please continue. Now, this is the way I reconstruct the story. A surplus army bomber, identical with this one, left from an improvised runway outside Havana, Cuba, last Friday, with eight aliens aboard. That we're fairly sure of through a contact in Havana. But the plane never landed here in the States. No, Mr. Peters. We had it under spotter observation in the Caribbean and suddenly lost it. And it didn't return to its Cuban base, either. What about the alien? I was just getting to that, Mr. Harding. All right, Bob. Mr. Harding, my theory is the Bombay doors were opened like that. And the aliens were forced to jump to their deaths in the Caribbean, thousands of feet below. Mass murder. Chief, this is about the lowest crime we've ever come across. The absolute lowest. Well, Kincaid, I suppose the smugglers must have been tipped off that their plane was spotted and warned the pilot, maybe by radio, huh? I figure it the same way, Mr. Harding. It could be, Chief, that the pilot bailed out and was picked up while the aliens went down with the plane. That's possible, Peters. That would account for the disappearance of the plane. Anyway, let's get started. Havana, our next stop, Chief. Havana next, Peters. With the cooperation of the Cuban police, we're starting on this alien smuggling racket by smuggling ourselves into Havana by speedboat. Yes? Senor Gregor, I'm coming to your house. I have something very interesting for you. What is it, Rosa? A letter, senor, from people in the United States to people here in Havana. What I told you about Senor Egan is no longer a rumor. How you like the accents in this movie, huh? Pretty good. What do you want, Roma? That's it. You could do that just the same. Yeah, and they could double, you know, because they could play. They could be like like guy like this talking. Right. Like this, and then and then later they're like, I will kill you. I will right. absolutely kill you. Yeah, it doesn't that's sound like you guy. at all. Yeah, that's the bad guy. <laughs> all right, we're listening to David Arding Counters Spy from 1950, The Mile High Murders. We'll get back to it in just a moment. Stick around. 
If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Lone Ranger, Sam Spade, Burns and Allen, Have Gun, Will Travel, Gangbusters, and Sherlock Holmes, become a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, you'll receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows along with historical liner notes. The 10 shows will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Carl Amari and I co host in total you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month become a classic radio club member at classicradioclub.com or call 815-900-7535 to speak to a live operator log on to classicradioclub.com or call 815-900-7535 that's 815-900-7535 Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. If you don't have our Radio Rarities podcast, oh, you're missing out, folks. It's a new series that Lisa and I are co-hosting, and it's a 35-minute show every single week, and we tack it on to the end of the Hollywood 360 podcast. So. You'll get it if you're a Hollywood 360 podcast subscriber, and that's easy to do. Just go to Hollywood360radio.com. But tell everyone a little bit about Radio Rarities, Lisa. Uh, Sure, that's our newest baby, and it's really a team effort. Uh, Carl and I co-host it, and Mike produces it, and Carl Shadow is our writer. So we really all come together with a lot of talent. And what it is is we take one rare radio show that you've probably never heard, and for sure you don't know the background information on it. So we really, you know, take it apart and educate you prior to listening to it, really delve deep into the story and what was going on at the time. And the reason this is called Radio Rarities is because these are all very rare radio shows for a variety of reasons. As opposed to calling it Radio Well Done. You know, right or medium rare, yeah, something like that. We call it radio rarity. Um, but all of these are rare shows. They are very unique for one reason or another. They could have. Hang a particular... on, can I say that again? Instead of calling it radio, well done. Do you want me to go on, or go, should I go just right stop ahead? Right You're doing here? a very good job. Oh well, thank you. So maybe it has a particular star in it, or the regular host could be uh, sick or on vacation. There might be somebody quite unusual hosting. There could be some errors involved that are really noteworthy. What else, Carl? Huh? What? <laughs> what? Huh? There is nothing boring about radio rarities. <sighs> I will tell you that. No, there's not. It's excellent. I know it is. That's it. what I'm saying. I love it. And you know what? Our listeners are loving it. We're getting lots and lots of Yeah, uh, this is new, a new a really it. new thing for us and we really pour a lot of time and effort into it and we really think that it's special and nobody else does anything quite like this. So we think that you'd really appreciate it. Yeah, no, we're uh, we love it. You know, uh Two weeks. We've already sent out two uh, two uh, issues of it. We have another one coming out this uh, beginning this week, and then uh, every week we're doing a new one. Right. So we're recording what four more right uh, this Wednesday. week? Yeah, yep. on Wednesday we'll be in the studio recording four more. I'm excited about it. And uh, Carl and I have, bo- have both been like, you know, emailing each other. What about this show? Oh, you know, this show had so and so, and wow, you know, and he's coming up with things, and I'm coming yeah. up with things. 
Uh, you and Mike, no, you're not coming up with anything. You're no, just, no, we Mike, don't do anything. Mike's too busy, like, in the tub washing the classic radio He's, shows. He likes to bathe. You're, like, on vacation or buying a new jet or whatever right, you're doing. Right, right. There's no time. And then Carl's working his fingers to the bone, and so am I. Right. Well, I'm glad somebody does some work around here. But anyway, um, yeah, check it out, Radio Rarities. Subscribe to our podcast. We tack it on to the end of Hollywood 360. Go to Hollywood360radio.com. Sign up. All right, let's listen now to the conclusion to David Harding, Counter Spy. There's the pier ahead, Mr. Harding. Let's see what these glasses are. Thank you, Peter. Yeah, that looks isolated enough for our purposes. Good idea, Dave, taking this speedboat instead of a plane. The smugglers probably have their eyes on every airfield in Cuba. Yes, there's no doubt about that, Peter. They have a terrific investment to protect. We know there are thousands of aliens in Cuba, poor devils waiting for the chance to get into the United States. Those who can't get in under the legal quota are willing to pay their last cent to be smuggled in. Nice game. Traffic and human misery. Dave, have you lined out a modus operandi for us? Yes. Now, once we're smuggled in, we'll try to get ourselves smuggled out again. Smuggled out? Dave, they'll, they'll know that we're not aliens. They'll never catch on to you, Peter. Uh-oh. Here I go again. Huh? You're still my star actor, Peter. <laughs> okay, let's have it. Well, by the time we get to Havana, you're going to look and talk like an alien. An alien willing to pay any price to get refuge in the United States. <laughs> Good afternoon, Senor Gregor. The letter, Rosa. See si, the letter. You're anxious to see it, no? Where is it? Senor Gregor, you are a man of business. Rosa is a woman of business. She is not beautiful. She is not young and thin. So there is nothing left in life for poor Rosa. But money. Rosa, you've always reminded me of my pet vulture here. The most disgusting. Of creatures. You pay me a compliment, Senor Gregor. She is a cunning bird, also, eh, Senor? All right. How much for the letter? Two hundred dollars. The longer I know you, the more repulsive you become. And the more valuable, eh, Senor? Two hundred dollars, please. Here. Right. Here it is. Pilot made us give him our last dollars when we landed in the United States. We had to do it because if we didn't, he said he would report us to the American government. You are being cheated, Senor Gregor. You stupid sow. You think only the money worries me? Letters like this cause trouble. Talk gets around. Egan has put my entire business in grave danger. My knife. For a hundred dollars, I could uh, use it well. I don't need you for this. Do not worry, Rosa. When the time comes, I will put an end to Egan personally. You see this dish of raw meat? Come with me over to the pool and you will understand quite clearly. The pool? My fish pond. 
But you do not feed fish beef like this. Rosa, my fish, you do feed beef like this. Those creatures you see swimming in my pond are piranha fish, a very unusual species from Brazil. Watch what happens when I throw the beef into the water. Now watch. Like wolves, they make attacks. They say, Rosa, that a small school of piranha fish can strip a human body of flesh in four minutes. <laughs> An amusing thought, eh, Rosa? Very amusing. Observe. The fish seem to be still hungry. See them skimming the surface? Perhaps they should have bigger bait. Huh? What do you think, Rosa? Huh? <laughs> Pardon, sir. Yeah? Please. A light uh, for my pipe. Light? Oh, certainly. Here you are. All clear, Mr. Harding? All clear, Peters. No one in this section of the park. We can talk right here. How did you make out as Mr. Kovac? Passed my first test with flying colors, Dave. I registered at the hotel patronized by refugees. I managed to make friends pretty quickly. Any leads? One of my new friends advised me that I might get what I wanted if I paid a visit to El Montero Cafe. El Montero Cafe, huh? A small native barroom on Del Caro Street. The place is run by a fat, middle-aged woman named Rosa. My friend also said that a visit to Rosa is the first step in making entry into the States. Rosa must be the contact between the aliens and the smugglers. Looks that way, Dave. All right, Peters, or rather, Mr. Kovac, I guess it's time for you to visit this Rosa at El Montero Cafe. See how you make out in your second test. And what do you want with me, Senor Kovac? I have come to you for help, Rosa. Help? I wish passage to the United States. To get to the United States, Senor Kovac, one has only to obtain passage on plane or boat. <laughs> Why come to me? I was told by friends that you could advise me of the steps necessary to get into the United States without detection by the authorities. Senor, such a means of entry is dangerous, illegal, and they say expensive. I have $25,000. It would be a shame that a gentleman so anxious as you should not get what he wishes. Where are you staying in Cuba, Senor Cuba? The Hotel Paloma. Be in your hotel room at 10 tomorrow morning. And an American named Egan will call on you and explain the arrangements. No, thank you, Rosa. Thank you. You have no idea how much this means to me. Then you passed your second test with flying colors, too, huh, Peters? I guess I did, Dave. And your idea of mentioning $25,000 didn't do any harm. Did you manage to get a line on Egan after I called you earlier? 
According to the Cuban police, Egan runs a small passenger plane service between Havana and Miami. Mm -hmm. Probably a cover-up for smuggling activities. Anyway, Chief, we'll be able to put an end to Egan's business tomorrow morning. Oh, Peters, I'm not just interested in Egan and Rosa. It's obvious we can pick them up any time. No, there's somebody else, somebody who's masterminding this operation. I guess you're right, Dave, but how to get to him? Well, I'd say that's up to you, and how well you do on your third test, Mr. Kovac. Yes? Senor Gregor, this is Rosa. What is it, Rosa? I have been looking all over for Egan. He is nowhere to be found. Egan is I... here with me, waiting for me out in the patio. I was just about to introduce him to my amusing piranha fish. But you will need Egan to fly the plane. I've made arrangements for another pilot. He will be here next week. But I have for you a client who wishes a trip to the United States now. The client will wait, Rosa. But he is willing to pay $25,000. Oh? Well, Rosa, that is a different matter. This fortunate you did not call me a few minutes late. I made arrangements with the client for Egan to be at his hotel tomorrow morning at 10. Very well, Rosa. Egan will be there. <laughs> I will apologize to my piranha fish. For the postponement. There will be no postponements, Mr. Eden. Don't you worry about that, Kovac. You show up tonight in the back room at El Montero Cafe with the 25000 And by this time tomorrow, you'll be safe and snug in the USA. United States of America. I can hardly wait. Mr. Eden, I'm so grateful to you for... Oh, oh uh, excuse me, please... Hello? Senor Kovac, this is Rosa. Is Senor Egan there? Oh, yes, yes, he is. Uh, Senor Egan, it is Rosa. She wishes to speak with you. Okay, thanks. Yeah, Rosa? There is trouble. Do not betray yourself with words or looks. Sure, Rosa. Go ahead. A friend was just here in El Montero and told me about Senor Kovac. This morning at the hotel... There he saw the man who visited Kovac. The visitor was David Harding of the United States Counter-Spies. What? Uh, thanks for telling me, Rosa. Thanks very much. You seem troubled, Mr. Egan. Did Rosa have bad news? Not exactly, Kovac. Coming like it did now, in a way it was good news. Then everything will go as we arranged it. Well, there'll be just one change. <laughs> My arm. My arm. Oh, you're trying to get out of this grip. The more it's going to hurt. I do not understand. Why are you doing this to me? I'll explain just as soon as I get this gun out of your shoulder holster. All right, now. Get back. Up against that wall. What is the meaning of this? You can drop the act. Rosa phoned to tell me about some information she got on your visitor here this morning. Harding of the counter-spies. What do you got to say for yourself now? Just one thing, Egan. If you're smart, you'll drop that gun and give yourself up. You think I'm crazy, Kovac? Just to set you straight, the name is Peters. A counter-spy, too. That's right, Egan. So you want me to give myself over to you, that it? It might go easier on you. If you do get away now, Egan, I'll get you anyway. I'll hound you till I get you. That's where you're wrong, Peters. Your hounding days are over. I'm getting out of here. <laughs> but you're not. 
fool, Egan. Murdering a counter-spy, you stupid, idiotic fool. What do you expect me to do, Gregor? Let him take me in? This will ruin everything. So I'll lay low where they won't find me. Don't you realize now the counter-spies will find you wherever you go? They won't rest until you're captured. I thought you were so smart, Gregor. I thought you had a way of handling everything. Of course. There is a way of handling this. Now that you're here, I have nothing to worry about. What's the idea of that gun? The idea, Egan, is self-preservation. If you were ever captured, you would blurt out my part in the smuggling business. No. No, Gregor. You can trust me. I had intended to rid myself of you last night. You were saved by the fat, disgusting swine, Rosa. Now I'll take up where I left off. Gregor, please. Wait. D- don't, don't shoot. I'm not going to shoot, Egan. Huh? I'm just taking you to the edge of the pool over there. Then I'll leave it to my piranha fish to destroy all evidence of your being. Now, Egan, you will commence walking to the... Rosa, you... You threw that knife into Gregor. See. But why? You were on his side. Perhaps you do not understand how a woman feels to be talked to the way Senor Gregor... Always talk to me. I am not so young, nor am I so beautiful. I am not so fat, so disgusting as he said. I have been waiting for such an opportunity as this to answer Senor Gregor. Hey, he's still alive. See, I meant it so. I aimed my knife so that he should not die so easily. So painless. I'll get a gun and finish him off. Wait. Do not fire that gun. But I have to... I have planned for him the death he planned for you. We will feed him to his cannibal fish, Senor Egan. In the pond? Now look, Rosa, I can't... I have saved your life. You will do as I wish, no? Okay, okay. Guess I owe it to you. You can drag him across the patio by the feet. Yeah. Even a woman such as I has feelings. He should not have talked to me that way. Stop where you are. Don't move. Keep him covered, Peters. Got him, Mr. Harding. Peters? Senor Kovac, you're alive. Sorry to disappoint you two. Can't be. I fired two shots into you. Those were blanks in Peters' gun, Egan. They were in there waiting for you to use them. You're Egan. It is a trick. That's right, Rosa. It was a member of the Cuban secret police who informed you that I'd visited Kovac's room. We wanted you to tip off Egan so he would lead us to the head smuggler. And here we are, thanks to those blanks. Okay, but the slugs in this gun aren't blanks. Drop that gun, Egan. You don't have a chance. I got nothing to lose by making a try. Stop, Egan. All right, Peters, let him have it. Yes, Chief. Nobody can live with those piranha fish. You can call the Cuban police now. Tell them to come out for Rosa and Gregor. Then we'll fly back home. Pepsi-Cola. Bring it on now. Enjoy that bubbling, tangy, tasty treat. Sure hits the spot. 
At parties, it's a wonderful idea to serve delicious Pepsi. That extra quick food energy gives folks that bounce, that zing. And Pepsi's big 12-ounce bottles go twice as far. You get a carton of six bottles, and you serve 12 full-size drinks. So save that money. Get the best, and get twice as much in delicious Pepsi-Cola. Pepsi-Cola gets a spot. Two full glasses, that's a lot. Twice as much and better, too. Pepsi-Cola is the drink for you. That's it. Delicious Pepsi-Cola. Tune in every Tuesday and Thursday, same time, same station, to Counter Spy. Listen on Thursday for the exciting Case of the Hoodlum's Hero on Counter Spy. Tonight's Counter Spy program originated in New York, was directed by Leonard L. Bass, dramatized by Edward Adamson, and featured Don McLaughlin and Mandel Kramer, with music by Jesse Crawford. This is Jay Jackson speaking. Counter Spies of Phillips H. Lord production for Pepsi-Cola. Enjoy some delicious Pepsi tonight. Phillips H. Lord production. He also created Gangbusters. Very good episode there. David Harding, Counter Spy, is heard on ABC. Don McLaughlin starring along with Mandel Kramer. The Mile High Murders, April 11th, 1950. Hope you enjoyed that time. For this month in music history. And to end your birthday year, um, birthday day really for the year of 1971, let's hear the last song. I can think of younger oh my days. Gosh, another slow song. When living for my life, life. Who sings? was everything <laughs> a man um, could want to do. Um, I could never see tomorrow. Carl, counting on you. How can you mend a broken heart? Um, Tiny Tim? How can you stop the rain? Carl, I'm surprised at you. <laughs> it sounds like Tiny Tim. Can you stop I don't know who is this. The Bee Gees? It is? The Bee Gees? Yes. Oh, yes. I didn't even know that. I, I know. This was written by Barry and Robin. I'm a little tired, though, tonight. Are you? Mike said you look tired. <laughs> <laughs> Mike is full of compliments tonight. Full of compliments. I think you just maybe you're feeling 59 tonight. Yeah. So this is How Can You Mend a Broken Heart by the Bee Gees. Right. It was from their 1971 album Trafalgar. And it was their first U.S. number one single. Well, I thought you'd know it because you're a Bee Gees kind of guy. Tiny Tim. Tiny Tim. (laughs) Tiptoe through through the the tulips. Oh, my gosh. Well, so close. (laughs) Yeah, so far. Lisa. (laughs) Stick around. More of Hollywood 360 after this. And misty memories of days. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. We have a great lineup next week. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, Fort Laramie, Barry Craig, confidential investigator. 
the halls of Ivy and the Screen Guild Theater. What do you think of that lineup, Lisa? I'll probably be here, Carl. Yeah, be yep. sure to visit our official website, Hollywood360radio.com. For my co-host, Lisa Wolf, our executive producer, Mike Costella, my crabby brother, Vince Amari, this is Carl Amari saying stay safe, be healthy, and thanks for listening. Hi, everyone. This is Meredith from the Senior Fitness with Meredith podcast, where I discuss all things for seniors. From fitness, your health and wellness journeys, how to be all over strong and beyond. I also have my mini podcast called Motivation with Meredith. It's a great, quick, motivational pick-me-up for your days. Join me. Listen now. Search for Senior Fitness with Meredith on your favorite podcast platform.